Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends of the pod, to a brand new episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films across two episodes and talk about them both a mainstream film and a cult film. This is a very interesting pairing, a very apt pairing that we will be talking about and uh i am going to be calling it plants in space 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 i'm not going to add the reverb and post because that's too much work for that for that silly joke uh but uh tad excuse me i'm sorry jeff i don't know why i said tad i'm looking at a message from tad that came up on my phone i uh jeff calls it unhappy trees uh in 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 honor of bob ross which is also per very accurate so anyway we have 2018's science fiction film with robert pattinson and actually quite a cool cast called high life and that's what we'll talk about today and then for the uh more cult film we've got 1972's movie silent running headed by one of the main special effects people from stanley kubrick's 2001 a space odyssey these are both movies that involve plants you guessed it in space so they are science fiction films they are fairly, I think, intellectual borderline art house films. Um, and we're going to talk about them both in detail. But first up is this episode uh, with High Life from 2018. So I'm going to give you the rundown of the plot. But first, I'm going to introduce all of us here today. I, of course, am your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff. And with us, we have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm wonderful. I'm, I'm broadcasting today from my own personal space pod, my couch. Excellent. Quite lovely. It's it looks as probably as sound as the spacesuit in Silent Running. Uh yes. and we also have with us Jeff Tucker. How you doing, Jeff? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, high energy. High energy is needed. Um uh, the, these are downbeat films. We'll talk about them. Uh Jeff, if you're watching on YouTube, which eventually you will be able to once I finish uploading the episodes. Uh ha ha ha. Uh, you do not have Jeff on camera because he is um now the phantom of the pod. And I'm too he's... pretty for your consumption. And that's it. It just I, I don't want to ruin your like, you know, enjoyment of the topic. Because you're just staring at me, my beauty. So we're just gonna yeah. You're gonna have to go to Jeff's OnlyFans if you want that. Um, it's a whole His different scenario. Space beard. Space beard. Space beard. Now I do want to see it. Uh, that's that's okay. We can hear you loud and clear. You are coming in, Major Tom. Okay, so this movie, um, High Life. The reason a lot of people will will check me and say, "Hey, this A24 distributed film is not a mainstream film." 
I I'm gonna I'm gonna argue a little bit against that. It is not a well-known film per se, but it is a recent film. And if they sell it at Target, which they did when it came out, it's a mainstream film to me. Okay, so uh, I think that's a pretty solid deal. Uh, Claire Dennis, did, yeah, Claire Dennis directed this. Um, she is a French independent director who's done uh, a lot of pretty kind of high tension projects um she did uh, uh let the sunshine in from 2017 she did both sides of the blade from last year and she she also really stars at noon from last year as well uh which has been those have been i believe in progress for quite a while they're all written well most of them are written i believe with a longtime contributor jean-paul fagu and this one is also co-written by geoff cox and the plot is told in sort of a it time jumps, and it's one of those movies that I, I was I was a little put off by the time jumps because they're not always clear right away. But it does have the effect I found of disorienting you in the way that I think is intentional, because it's one of those you know a la sunshine, which one of these days we'll talk about on the pod, uh, Danny Boyle's Sunshine, rather, it, where. It's a long-term space trip, and those are supposed to be isolating and disorienting. Uh, that is what we expect them to be like uh, when you require multiple lifetimes to, to travel these far distances. So the idea in this movie that we learn is that a bunch of convicts were given uh, an option to essentially be seen as heroes by going on these long-distance space journeys to um, find out different scientific data in this case this group is which includes robert pattinson is going to a black hole the nearest black hole and they want to i guess they want to see if the the uh the density is such of the black hole that they could actually enter it uh which is my understanding theoretically possible on a very questionable basis but you wouldn't really you wouldn't really travel necessarily you would actually go to a point where time does not exist and neither does space per se. So you sort of, as best we can imagine, because it's inconceivable really, is we would exist permanently in this sort of limbo. Um, but anyway. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds totally great. Um, and uh, And there's also <laughs> an ancillary like pregnancy in space test going on by one of the people and again if you're listening to this if you have any interest in these movies and you hate things being spoiled for you quote unquote spoiled i'm using little air quotes um then watch the movies first and then listen to us because we do go into details about the plot i don't really think that i mean i guess there's no real like big surprises in this i kind of felt like all of the all of the reveals made sense rather than were shocking and needed explanation um for example the doctor uh, on board who administers uh i assume uh, addictive drug substance to everyone um in in exchange for their compliance with whatever tests are being run she's trying to get the female residents pregnant over and over again uh with semen from the male residents of the ship and they're trying to uh, successfully they birth don't have sex correct they no sex, no sex. yes she co she collects the <laughs> semen separately well not for the experiment they do have sex just not for the experiment um as we as we as we learn well, sort of oh no they had, they have sexual assault and then she like i think 
teases some of the male um shipmates. Well, I think so I'm not doctor, sure she actually has sex with them. I think she does have sex with the man who dies from leukemia. The captain. So yeah, so the so basically the the in space there's radiation and the radiation is messing with some people. Some people are more resilient to it. Some people like the captain um is is less resilient and he sort of starts to go blind and get develops leukemia and then he dies of a stroke. Uh and she seems to have a relationship with him. Now she also is is a very strange character and one questions i mean i assumed not long into the movie that she was also a criminal because why else would you go on this this essentially very dangerous mission with violent criminals where you have essentially no protection from them also um and it's it, she was i mean i don't know if you, yeah you caught that okay yeah, she was. So, so you find out it's kind of a reveal that she's, uh, she, she murdered her children and husband, perhaps in postpartum depression. We don't really know why. Um, we don't get the backstory for anyone except for her and Robert Pattinson's character. But the interesting thing in this is that they're trying to birth children who will be resistant to the radiation. The idea being that that data is important because it will teach us if we can, how and if we can survive sort of multi-generational space travel, right? The reality is, is that the doctor is performing these, she's more obsessed with these because of some sort of child guilt relation, it seems, right? Like she murdered her own children, she suffocated them and then stabbed her husband. And now she's obsessed with the idea of, of birthing children, even if it's not physically her birthing children, because she does not participate in that study. So everyone is angry. They've been in there. They've been in space for a long time. Everyone is disturbed. We have a really great cast. We have, um, of course, Robert Pattinson, who does great here. I'm sad that we've really only talked about the terrible movies that he's done, particularly the Batman. And if you disagree with me on that, uh, feel free to write in to info at coltonclassicfilms.com. And I will, I will send you an essay, my friends. Uh, but yes, so this he, he's a very strong, I think, role in this. Um, and he is abstaining uh, at the point that we're introduced to him, really. Where he's abstaining from providing semen uh, for this experiment. He thinks that it makes him stronger. We get sort of a internal monologue from him at times. And he's focusing 100% on cultivating the garden uh, for the most part. And the garden is small we've seen a lot of these gardens in science fiction movies at this point right like how would you have essentially a greenhouse in space that that makes your food and oxygen etc uh and they call him monk at one point which i think is relevant because he's uh both diligent in his work but also he's abstaining from sex and they have this thing they call the fuck box which is essentially like a chamber that has this very aggressive very uh aggressive and progressive looking sex machine uh this is so this movie is going to be really really well suited to be paired with like david cronenberg's 2022 uh crimes of the future not as original but crimes of the future or even daniel cronenberg's uh recent movies because it's got this really disturbing viscous organicness to it the vibe for example when they use the 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 sex room there's like fluid this milky fluid that goes gushing from the outputs mm. 
really weird really weird i assume that it was more like um virtual reality and that like the sex machine that you see was like um what's her name dibs like the doctors, uh, like that was what she saw when she went in there. That's, but it wasn't that's what I took because it, it had it had like it uh, was her fantasy. Imagery. Yeah, like there's like sure. I don't know yeah. like uh, like fur and like a tail or something. Yeah, yeah, she was, it like, was like Congress with the beast. Yeah, in space. Yeah. So to me, it was it was a it seemed like a simulation thing. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And then but that it also, was also fake. But yeah, but it could create that for her. Well, her we also reality, see it's definitely a, it, it's definitely for sex because they call it the fuck box for and sure. we get it oh, yeah, we get it yeah. we get a good shot of mm, a coming and going uh uh there's no other word for it uh, like a dildo apparatus that bucks up mm-hmm. from the chair um which is is interesting because we don't really see like a male insertion counterpart to it it, it really only seems we only see an insertion component which is fascinating yeah that kind of well. doubles down on the simulation thing is likely mm. that that was the simulation for her and then yeah. somebody else walks in perhaps and it's something completely different yeah perhaps um and and uh but we get very again very cronenbergian sort of pitch blackness and writhing bodies very the uh, director danes said and i think very accurately this movie is not about sex it is about sexuality and sensuality uh and because of that it's also where sort of some of the grossness comes in it is very uncomfortable this movie uh, i feel and it's not just because of what we expect going in to a deep space movie where they're isolated etc but also because we get a a we're we're very intimate with these characters and we don't want to be intimate with most of these characters um for example there's the 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 rapist character who has a very violent assault he tries to rape uh, mia goth who is also in this movie and um is is quite excellent she's we'll be honest mia goth is the darling of independent horror right now i mean between pearl and x and the upcoming maxine alone and um and uh you know cronenberg's son's recent movie she's she's all over the place and she does a good job in this being the one that is sort of the 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 foil you know not even the foil she's the parallel to robert pattinson's um she's being inseminated but she's insisting that her will to not have children is preventing her from getting pregnant. Whereas other people on the ship are getting pregnant uh, and the babies are douching. continuing not to survive. Like, yeah, she's douching. Right. Um, she's douching to, to prevent that. And so they end up strapping her down in bed, which, which causes her to almost get assaulted. She does get assaulted, but almost get raped by this man who is, uh, who is then brutally murdered uh, inappropriately by another, another in inmate, I guess you would call them. Uh, but basically to, to make this long story slightly less long, uh, it's about a two-hour film, Robert Pattinson ends up being the sole survivor except for the infant that is born from his seed, which the doctor uh, raped him to get while he was drugged uh, and inseminated Mia Goss' character. This baby survived. They're both strong, physically strong and mentally uh, weird, like aggressively strong people, and this baby survived. And... He's the last they, one alive. They, I think they mentioned a couple of times that they were more resistant to the radiation yes, in space correct. as compared to, and that's which is why the like, doctor was so obsessed. Yeah. We assume mm-hmm. with with because uh, with with having Mia Goss character get pregnant, um, and so he he sort of between his he talks to the infant uh, sometimes, and between that and his internal monologues, we know that he thought about killing the infant. I mean, they're the only two left in space. There's no way back. Um, uh, Mia Goss character has a spooky scene where. 
she murders the person that's supposed to go check out the black hole and takes the shuttle instead herself to the black hole and we get the spaghettification you know the stretching as she gets close and then her body is ripped apart and it's a little gruesome uh and so we know that black hole is not viable so the ship just keeps going and, and degradating and then we get these time jumps halfway through the movie uh, until the end where we're still with the current time or the i guess the most advanced time which is where his daughter is uh probably 12 or 13 maybe somewhere between 11 to 13 she's had her period she's entering young adulthood um she so i did the math on the days the number of yeah. days so when they kind of started talking about like where they were in the movie when people were starting to die and like the baby mm-hmm. was born and stuff they were they'd been out like for four years mm-hmm. and then when they do the time stamp when he's with his daughter like right before the end they'd been out a total of 18 years so she's probably okay. like 14 okay so like, she, yeah okay yeah, so like she's 13, 14 yeah yeah so she is yeah so she's definitely yeah. a teenager mm-hmm. um and basically the movie ends when they come across another black hole a much larger one and the daughter's like i have a feeling this is the one and they go in which you know essentially is a suicide mission most likely um but what else are the other options the ship is falling apart there's no there's no way to get back to earth that's not going to happen um and that would never was it clearly was never intended um the information is just going back to earth plus even if they went back to earth um by the laws of 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 extended space travel because they're traveling at 1g they're traveling about approaching the speed of light so they have gravity but like hundreds of years have passed on earth um by the time this has happened even though it's only been only 18 years for them so there's nothing left for them in the back and then we get this moment at the end which the director said she feels is hopeful uh, and I, I i mean i guess in the dire circumstance you you would say that um they go into the black hole they both seem to pass out and then we see robert pattinson in sort of a yellow vastness and he calls out his daughter's name and she answers him and then the movie ends so perhaps they've reached this limbo perhaps it's the afterlife um we really don't know and we're clearly not meant to know 100 percent um it's but it's a happy ending for a french film exactly exactly and i'm just i'm just gonna say that tad has a sixth sense because tad was gonna be here tonight but he has covid Mm -hmm. and he's not feeling well enough um but i was i i was like oh i'm gonna be sneaking another french film on his plate because he always complains about the french films um but yes so like this he no he dodged he dodged he dodged this one uh so anyway so as you can as you can tell from the description and and these in-depth conversations about these little elements of it this is not a positive uh, vibe movie it's a very much a downer um it's a very art housey robert pattinson is a big fan of claire dane's movies um and of course we're not talking about claire danes we're talking about claire dennis uh, my my slurring of words could confuse some people uh but claire dennis has made these intense movies and he wanted to be a part of it um originally some i believe producers had thought of daniel craig but she said that wouldn't work and i agree i think that he's the age isn't right um and also robert pattinson has a a, i think a, a strength for these very kind of weirdly cold sometimes unreadable characters uh he did it in lighthouse um uh, uh, the edgar's film the lighthouse as well as others and he does it well here you're not comfortable with him you don't feel safe with him because you don't really know until much later in the movie you don't really know why he was arrested and and put in juvie and then essentially a convict for his entire life um we find out that it's because he killed his friend who killed his dog and he saw his dog as his 
the person the creature that raised him now i will say this as a pet owner that is a completely viable response uh to someone killing your dog 100 i i think i think it's defensible in court and i don't think that uh he should have been arrested in this way however moving beyond all of that i'm gonna go to you guys uh uh totally 100 hey uh totally absolutely um jeff what was your expectation going into this movie uh and and what were your what's your vibe how now that you've seen it um well i I, yeah i mean i just that was the first one i watched and uh i i guess i didn't have any expectation i didn't know it was french at first you know for the first like five minutes i didn't realize it was french um and we should clarify, it's, it was it's, it's a French production, but it's an English film, yes. Yeah. Right. You tried um, to throw us off with uh, Portuguese subtitles, you know, just yeah. to further I, hide I the fact the, that it was French. the director does, like, her, you know, probably correctly so, when she thinks of people in space, she thinks of them speaking English, Russian, or Chinese. That's yeah, yeah, she didn't, she didn't, she, that was important to her, which was viable. Sure. Um... You know, hopefully she's, you know, maybe wrong about that. And maybe we'll have some space programs. Hopefully we'll just all speak in binary. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, there we go. That's that's even better. Fuck language. Um, so, I, I, first of all, I love sci-fi. But generally, my rule with sci-fi, like, I prefer the end of sci-fi that's like, uh, like Star Trek, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, kind of categorized as being hopeful or optimistic mm-hmm. moralistic uh, as well yeah yeah uh where this is um really more of the the kind of the other side of the coin which is kind of very bleak um and uh you know so really french film plus sci-fi is not <laughs> really the combination i'm looking for um i i thought there were some interesting bits to it i thought that there were some interesting visuals in the um you know the cast was was pretty good um but yeah i i I didn't i don't really get much from this like you know it almost like annoys me there's like certain things like the um uh, like the just the fact that they're running you know science in space and like the way they do it is they take literally a convict put them in charge (laughs) of the science program and have them experience that's not science <laughs> it's just like that's just not what science is although to be so fair like, the convict <laughs> was a doctor yeah sure, the convict was like, a doctor but yes um that's not that's not what science is though like you gotta have like you know controls and like you know you, you it's it's a very serious business this science and you, you can't just kind of like let's just throw some randoms well, out in the space and uh doesn't it you know seem, see what happens that's a good point um and doesn't it seem like I'm, and I'm thinking both of these movies have very similar concepts as, as well as of humanity and government. And doesn't it seem likely, especially because they run across another ship that seems to be the only thing that they know is left are dogs in, in quite mm-hmm. bad shape. Doesn't it seem likely that the data that's being sent back that's important has no, does not require any input from the individuals on board? Uh, because... Now, the only thing that that requires input is that they have to log something every day. Otherwise, the life support shuts down, right? But does it not seem like maybe what they're actually measuring is I mean, completely you could, unrelated? 
Yeah, but still, like, that's still, like, not a great experiment, though. Like, you you don't, like... So, you, you know, there's actually... This has been done in, like, other science fiction... Like, I'm drawing a blank on this, where, like, you basically are, like, testing people's ability to, like, coexist mm-hmm. in, in these isolating... Um, well, it's a biodome ways. experiment. Yeah, and it's, like... But, but even in that, like, you don't take um, just, like, one... Like, in that case, you'd want, you know to maybe have a diversity of people uh you wouldn't want just people who are criminals you, you know what i mean like you don't want well to i mean i think you're 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 potentially limiting what a criminal is right like we don't know what these people sure. were in for we yeah, only no, know no, two not, of them I'm were not, in for murder i'm not even saying that like like you're um but at the point of designing the experiment you'd want to basically take like a wide demographic of people right so that, like, if you were, if you wanted to study, like, how people relate to each other in space and, like, their ability to, like, function and create, like, you know, basically um, positive feedback loops of how they interact with each other, uh, you don't, you don't just, like, take one group of people. Like, even if you don't just take, like, all bankers and, like, say all bankers. Although this is, this is ship number well, I was nine. Well, say, like, maybe they are seven. They were number seven. But, but the one they ran into, I think, was nine. The dogs was number nine. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say, like maybe they are one of the variable groups mm-hmm. that got sent out where they don't have diversity and they are just right. all criminals. Like, what happens if there's yeah? So we you don't know, we don't have any a lot we of only have the information personalities altogether. Yeah, we only have the information that the convicts have, which clearly is nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's like tons of other things, like the 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 doors and like you know, like the protocols for like how because like it, the whole thing was like just like rape city. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, let's have, uh, I think the, um, you know, the doctor threatened to, like, tie up, you know, the the, the girl who was douching again. Uh, in, and like, she does. And she does. And then, like, the doors open. And it's just like, like, what is this? Like, what, like, what and after is this? And like... after that, the door is locked. Um, and but... the interesting thing is, it does make you wonder, I mean, what? Do, why would the doctor care if all she wants is pregnancy she doesn't care about these people um yeah. so she doesn't care and it is it is it's unsettling because of course like you said these people have no control mechanism right the, the now the the captain could have been the control human at not the control not in the term of control of an experiment but he could have been the one that is not uh that is supposed to keep the peace but he because he is done. leading the mission right yeah. because he's the one that has the chip in his finger that they have to keep cutting out every time somebody dies with the chip they have to cut it out so they can enter the little like uh the little the record for the day with the chip so he could have been we don't know um but it's there's just it's it's really weird to be in a movie where we don't there's so much we just don't know um yeah, yeah. and it's and it's, also it's, found it's in general like the dialogue was really hard to like hear oh compared God, to some of the other ambient noise like I, so I it's like on top of it being cut. very difficult to understand it's the not. story that they're trying to tell you also just cannot understand what they're saying yes like in a and, lot and, of cases because it's like mumble or very low especially when robert pattinson is talking to the infant um yes. That's that's really brutal, and it feels to me because you guys did watch a different cut than I or a different uh, a different rip than I did. I did watch the HD full rip uh, as released, and it's it was too large to share on the drive. Um, mm. But 
Fair. You're still, it, it, still not good. We, the channels are still a little low. Because, I mean, you can you can amplify your, like, voice channel. Oh, you like, can, they, which They which tells all these us, things differently. Which like, tells us what? It was intentional, right? I mean, yeah. so, which is weird, but at the same time, it does that same thing of making us irritated and uncomfortable yeah. and isolated and well it, I, I literally had to re-watch chunks it was yeah, me too. it was re- it was atrocious i i mean in, like, in I, terms of like like sound quality you know like the, it was like whisper acting it, like i don't know if they actually re- like even got like great recordings of these things because you know the, the way that they sounded like a little garbled and a little like kind of perhaps perhaps that was perhaps was but, the fault of, of your rip but but then there was like also just like they had music over some some of these loud scenes. and the, the, the music, audio track the, is loud the audio over track the was louder than and it yes. was um uh, it, it basically made it in like even after re-watching some of these things like i had to rewatch some some dialogue like three or four times to like kind of figure out what it was um mm-hmm. and uh you know i mean that could also be like you know speakers there's like a bunch of things like if i was watching it at you know can with you know like heater speakers and like you know precisely the way it was uh, mm-hmm. like designed uh it may have gone over but yeah like th- in in this format it's like you you gotta you gotta uh, you gotta up that like those those voice tracks for sure in my opinion like i i agree it was that's always a big killer and it has to be intentional because of the the budget yeah. and the pedigree of this and i would say that i agree i also like they had to have good mics on set. Like, well, they, you know what oh, I mean? sure. Like they, yeah. They do this thing where, um, and of course it's isolated as well, right? Because they need to do different audio tracks for different regions. Um, so what's what's fascinating about that is, and many movies try this, especially in the art house area, right? Which is they intentionally deprive us of something to elicit a, a response that we may or not be conscious of. And it is truly a dangerous sound particularly is a very dangerous dangerous way to do that um skinamarink is a a recent example where sound is very grainy and 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 rough and as is the picture and it it drives off a huge huge section of viewership it doesn't mean it doesn't work on what they intended but what they intended was not wide uh wide I don't even know what you would call it. It's not, it's, it's not intended for a wide audience, which is always irritating when you're not part of the audience, right? Um, when you're not part of the audience they want. And instead, this is very much a vibe movie. And I do think that the vibe is oppressive, uncomfortable, difficult to manage, and long. Uh, and I'm not hopeless. S- hopeless. Um, and, and yes, very much so. I, and Mandy. Yeah, so here's my argument, though. I think you can meet uh, all sure. of those things. Mm-hmm. And also, like, have clear dialogue. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think, yes. that, I think that the only thing that I would excuse is if, like, there were, like, I don't know, some loud, like, the air conditioning was like loud in the the habitat, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you, like, people like talking quietly to each other, just can't hear each other because this fucking air conditioning unit is so <laughs> fucking loud. Like, that would be artistic to me. Like, making it so fucking quiet that like you can't hear it over the music which wouldn't exist in their little universe right so it actually takes me out of it like it's it's doing mm-hmm. the exact opposite of what it should be doing which is like making you feel like you're 
in that situation. Fair. Mm-hmm. But, like, the one fucking thing, like, you know, as far as I could tell, they didn't, in, in, I mean, maybe I missed it, but there's no, like, air conditioning sauce. There's, like, none of those, like, ambient noises that you might get from, like, this type of, um, like, craft. Yeah. Uh, Only when the air conditioner is actually so, on screen. Yeah. So, like, if you had, like, you know, none of those fucking noises. The one thing you would hear is fucking people talking to each other, even if they were fucking whispering. You, right. you know what I mean? Like you hear it across yeah. across the fucking room. So that should have been crystal fucking clear. To me. I'll make the counter argument. I don't disagree with you on on any level, really. Um, I the one thing I'll say it sort of would make it mood is I actually think this film should have been fully silent. Um, mm. In fact, because the dialogue is truly unnecessary it's all uh, exposition yeah and it's, the exposition it's, it's is not important ex- in fact yeah. there's i think i think the film itself is directed beautifully except mm. for one scene which is truly a, a, a huge waste and atrocious to me which i do not understand and that is the train scene that occurs early on when a young like a grad student journalist or something who Bless her heart. I'm sure she does better, but she did not succeed in this role, whatever it was supposed to be. I guess she did seem like a student, but she's I think asking... she was just an audience surrogate, right? So that we knew what the fuck was going on. It, it, she what's is. What's the point? Like, why? Like, why right. even tell us what's going on? Because, because we, it's revealed later, frankly, um, in bits mm-hmm. and pieces, and it does make me wonder. I don't, I don't expect Claire Dennis to have caved to product to producers really on on a project like this to the extent where somebody said you have to have this earlier otherwise people will leave um but it feels like that it feels like because it's so out of place it is a it's like a professor um a scientist telling this journalist that he distrusts this um experiment that the government has has said they're going to do where they have these convicts blasted into space and of course obviously yes he, he's right um they're clearly as jeff said it doesn't make much sense what we know about it so what they're telling them is clearly not correct right um they're not going to return home what what they're doing is clearly not the main goal which we never know um but this this that that scene is so out of sync it's the only scene that is outside of the ship and space um, it's the only scene back on Earth, except for the flashbacks of Robert Pattinson's character's childhood, which are silent um, or, or dialogueless, I guess I should say, not silent, uh, dialogueless. And it's it was it was like I stepped into a different, much less quality film in that one moment. And it was mm-hmm. incredibly exposition. That was all it was to to such a bare extent that it was like, why did you do this? Why would you do this to me? Um, it was mm-hmm. unnecessary. Didn't like it. Really weird. Really weird. I can only assume there are more of those that were pulled out. Because I can't imagine that the decision would be made to have such a radically different scene embedded at one point in time in this movie. Um, Mandy, what was your expectation going in? And what did you get? Now, I will say this. My expectation going in because I'd seen the cover of the DVD release and the poster and the Blu-ray, et cetera. I thought this would be about marijuana in space. I'm not even joking because the poster is (laughs) because it's called high life. (laughs) life, And the poster, the poster is Robert Pattinson with a space helmet. And in the Mm -hmm. reflection is a bunch of greenery. So I really (laughs) thought it was going to be some sort of addiction (laughs) in space thing or, 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 or psychedelic, something like that. Did they have a pot plant? Cause like at one point there was, 
something they probably that do. looks they like a pot plant of... that someone like smells like probably. in a sort of nostalgic like longing kind of way maybe and, and they do they are drugs like they're they're mm. given pills by the by dibs the doctor um yeah. every time treats. they they comply yes and yeah. and we're told that they she uses them of varying strengths and we see him mm -hmm. later messing with the chemicals uh, of some kind uh, anyway anyway Mandy, i had no expectations because i did not even look at the movie poster or watch a preview or anything like i just downloaded the file that you sent to us and knew it was called high life and knew it was space themed but I'd watched um, Silent Running first, just like flip of a coin kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I was like, uh, maybe it's... Guys, we often watch very similar films. I didn't know it was almost exactly the same film. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, I had to stop watching it after like 30 minutes, like the first time I sat down to watch it, because it was just not like the right setting or anything for that vibe. So I had, I'm like, I'll come back to this later, finished it a different day. And what I got from it is pretty much what the two of you said. I did not like this. I did not like the experience <laughs> of watching it. I didn't like any of the characters, which I don't think you're necessarily supposed to like. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you're supposed to like um, like the main character and his daughter. Like, but you don't actually spend very much time with them. No, not at all. She's, so, like, she's in a very little of the film. There's almost no chance for you for him to have like a redemption arc like from like mm -hmm. juvenile delinquent um murderer to finding himself as like a father in this extremely difficult situation which i i don't know if she was trying to draw parallels to like single fatherhood or just mm -hmm. the difficulty of being a parent like on your own um but none of that came through at all even for mm -hmm. me who is pretty much a single parent, like on my own a lot of the time, like did not resonate. Um, at mm. least that was not, that's not the vibe I want when they're trying mm. to tell me a story about that. Cause it is mm. extremely bleak. Uh, and yeah, I just was like, I don't understand. I don't understand what this person, like the movie maker, director and writer is trying to stay with this mm -hmm. film. Like mm. I can guess at it i read a couple different opinion pieces on mm -hmm. it and i kind of see where they're coming from but like none of them really like super rang true for me um like about like having control and like what makes us human like she's trying to make a point of like we need to have choice and even if that choice is like suicide like mm -hmm. it is control over your life when you don't have any control like his choice to like be celibate because it was one way he had control like None of that, and I'm not saying that I want people who make movies to make it so clear they're like hitting you over the head with stuff because they think things yeah. can be done in a smart way where they're telling one story, but you get kind of a point or a parallel or some kind of um, allegory of like something else that's bigger, mm. a bigger idea um i guess one of the ideas for me like like movies that comes to mind at first is like the fountain which i haven't seen mm -hmm. forever and is like a super weird movie but like i think says a lot about like love and like timelessness and struggle and how life is unfair but like people you know stick with it or they go mm -hmm. off track and like maybe they had a good reason but then they don't like 
I, you know, but this one, like, it doesn't, it didn't say like anything to me except, mm-hmm. damn, this is a long ass, boring movie that is bleak. Right. <laughs> and it's super violent. I think I, I felt like it should have not been called High Life. It should have been called Sexual Assault in Space, Space, Space. Well, and it's, there is only one, well, no, there's two, right? There's Dibs. Mm-hmm. Now, there's yep. a scene, there's a very interesting scene, right? When, Early on, when we're first introduced to uh, Mia Goth's character, uh, which would be will be you know the biological mother of 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 lead character Monty's child, where she's scratching what seems to be swell or swill something like that on the wall uh, mm-hmm. with a piece of broken equipment or glass or something, mm-hmm. which is later what kills the 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 would be rapist um, who goes after Mia Goth's character, but. We see her doing this and in runs Monty, the lead character, and grabs her from behind and essentially puts her in a chokehold and she stabs Mm -hmm. him in the arm. And at first, my assumption was is that this was an attempted sexual assault of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, They called her uh, they called her round peach, right, or something like that, big peach, because she has a big butt. Um, And. Which I appreciate, we never actually see anything of her butt because they're all wearing baggy clothes and she it's it's not made for the male gaze so that's interesting um because we did have to be told that but um the more but when it went on we learned that he's not using the fuck box and he's not uh masturbating right he's not giving semen to the to the doctor at which point he then at the nearest that says everybody else was losing it but he liked it there because it was there was perhaps a sense of of per, of if he could deal with the task at hand of, of pure survival and monotony and not have to think about his past which he seems to dream about uh like his mm-hmm. way past like when he first went to juvie for killing his friend um and and that's interesting because then that made me think i'm like okay so let's revisit that scene what happened she was destroying the ship right is that what caused it um what was his purpose in that um and we we still really don't know right he also clearly has issues with aggression um we would assume uh because of his his past but everything he does has some sort of a a purpose to exist and except for that didn't make it clear to me and so i do think the only thing i can think of is that it has to do with the uh trying to prevent destruction of the ship because by the end you know 18 years in the future the ship is literally falling apart the ceilings collapsed in several areas um it's a dump uh so i don't know i don't know if anybody else had considered what that meant um and also it's weird because it's an introduction where both of them seem to have like mia goth's character doesn't seem to hold him doesn't doesn't really bother her that he just attacked her like we don't we don't really understand that except for the fact that she's off her rocker a bit although who wouldn't be in this scenario i guess is kind of the point so that was interesting um because at first i chalked that up to a a potential sexual assault attempted sexual assault and then i was like that doesn't check out something else is at play here i'm not sure we're ever meant to know but yeah i don't know i thought she was maybe like just doing something that just triggered him 
yeah. like push his buttons or shit. like the scratching noise bugs was just on uh-huh. his nerves or like something uh-huh. like that or he he knew that her doing that was going to get them all in trouble and there was going to be some punishment yeah there's some other them. element like yeah. i just figured there was just something he was like there was something that was motivating him that was big mm-hmm. he was like Although it's interesting, there seems to be no punishment, which is kind of what Jeff said at one point. Like there is no, there's there's no, there's no law except for, I think (laughs) it's interesting. She just walks around and she's like, stop doing that. Go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that even like, I I like the, so Claire Dennis's statement of purpose sort of as an artist has, has been in the past that she's really interested in the connection between people uh, and the intrusion of like, of strangers into someone's life. And it's fascinating because this movie clearly deals with that entirely. And I think part of what you're, especially Jeff, what you mentioned, this is 100% not a plot-driven movie. This is a character study, right? Um, and character studies almost never hit the mainstream. Like there's a reason this didn't air nationwide on the big on, on big screens around the country uh, as, a, as a major theatrical run. And it's because plot-based movies are much easier they're frankly easier to watch in most cases, right? We we understand from a story structure element that they start here and they will be resolved by the end of the movie. This does have an ending. I don't think it has a resolution. Um, it is all about this character interacting or interacting and reacting in his environment. And Claire Dennis actually said that she thinks this is her most heartwarming film, which is possible, but she really focuses on the interplay between the dad and the daughter. And while that is evident, like he's, especially when the daughter's an infant, like he feeds her, he makes her food, he teaches her to walk. He, he enjoys interacting with her um, despite his frequent depressions. Right. I, I think you're right, Mandy. This, that is not actually what the film is about because it doesn't check out. Right. We don't get enough it's a one-sided parent to child, but only from parents' perspective, but also no interaction. When she can actually communicate in a way we can understand clearly through mm-hmm. uh, through dialogue, we get very little. There's only, I think, three scenes uh, with yeah. her uh, in that. And instead- we get She's very intelligent. She knows a lot about like animals, which like obviously that she doesn't mm-hmm. have any exposure to. So like, I don't know, I took from that is that he spent a lot of time teaching her. Yeah. Like that he and continued, she like read, there's this right? huge- this huge time investment you see like taking care of an infant obviously right. is like a full-time 24-hour thing um but i took away from like the fact that she was so intelligent and knowledgeable is that he continued that yeah, as she aged. Right. he didn't just like abandon her in the ship mm-hmm. to like do her own thing once she could like go to the bathroom and feed herself like he was filling her mind he was like continuing to interact I, with her at a high level. I, I took another take on that, which is is also kind of weird. Because, uh, mm-hmm. like, she was far cleverer than him. But, like, yeah. you, you know, when you surpass your teacher, you got you have to have a book or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have something that you're learning from, right? So, yeah. to me, I feel like they had to have had some source of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Well, they had all, like, the weird little, they had, like, all the clips that they could pick up. Yeah. From Earth, like yeah. The movie, these signals like from the show Earth. Signal stuff. Like they weren't getting actual communications, but they had our TV and broadcast. They had to have. I mean, we can. It would be madness to think. I think that there isn't some sort of digital repository of information, books, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and also, you're right. She could be watching these clips, and I'm sure she would ask, and he would explain what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think you're both right. There's some form of of information she has that exceeds his own, which mm-hmm. ten is very, I think, accurate for. 
a parent-child relationship, right? Eventually the parent ages out of contemporariness uh, mm-hmm. with the world around them, or at least they, or at least their, 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 their view narrows of it. Whereas the child's taking in more, learning more, et cetera. And then they will fold in, you know, the flower crumbles while the new bloom opens. Right. So I, I get both of that. I think clearly not Dennis's intent, but because her films are so rooted in emotion and, and interpersonal communication, uh, physical and, um, more often physical than, than dialogue based, but I think something stepped in that is actually usurped the father daughter relationship and just made that a part of it, which was his character, the character of Monty, he could commit suicide easily. Mm -hmm. Right. But he continues to fix the ship. He continues to garden. He continues to make everything run to the best of his ability. And he continues to raise this child. And the answer is why? And it's because it's life, which brings us to the title and Claire Dennis said hi literally for her was space right as our interpretation up and life he is continuing life and literally just in the absence of a purpose he had the choice to suicide or just live and he's continuing to live whereas we'll talk about with silent running that is not necessarily the it's almost the opposite the same film with the opposite result right so it's it's, I mean I I also took it as he was stuck in a moral conundrum is that he refused to end this child's life basically until she was old enough to decide to end her life on her own Mm, or like take that leap of faith into like you know for her to have her own free will he's Mm. like I can't do it I can't kill you like you're a baby like I can't do it and so like I kind of took it as like he's sort of stuck like he can't he has to keep doing this until she's old enough to be able to make her own decisions Hmm. it's interesting i would it's an interesting thing that's that's the the exact take that i had i would i would buy into that more if there was any indication from the rest of the film or actions that Mm -hmm. his choice that he believed in some sort of choice Sure. Because mm-hmm. I think he more believes that you deal with the results of your actions, right? Because he never pushes back mm-hmm. against the idea that he's a criminal. Um, mm-hmm. He made the choice and he continued on. And he's continuing to make choices as he goes. I think you could argue that, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't kill... I mean, does he kill anyone? I don't think he does, in the, in, except for in his past. Like, it, he doesn't... Um, even the, the rapist, he, he beats him. And Mm -hmm. then he takes Mia to the doctor. He does not kill him. Um, And I think there's, and he's quite sad when he, he gets rid of the other bodies when he has to, when he dumps Mm -hmm. their cargo, essentially. Um, It makes me feel as though there could be an argument, I think made strongly that he said his abstinence made him strong, but it also, you could parallel Mia Goth's character, right? Where it actually is like, he does not want to bring a life into this world because we know he mm-hmm. he said he basically didn't have parents or his parents didn't raise him, his dog raised him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to be a parent. That's clear. Although he does a pretty good job, it seems, uh, as far as mm-hmm. what he's given. So his intent by that was to not have a child at all, no matter whether the child's raised by him or not. And then he's for, it is forced upon him. And it is another consequence that he has to carry on. Uh, I think for me, and I think your arguments are totally valid. For me, the consequence concept reads more true because I don't get 
enough of the daughter relationship to be a focus of the movie. It's such a late part mm-hmm. of the movie when she's actually an adult or a young adult. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I actually didn't even realize it was his daughter at first. Like the first yeah. couple of scenes, I'm like, who's this shorty? It just showed yeah, up. For I, while, for while, I was the, like, I was like, how, how is a 12 year old a convict? Like what? Yeah. Like right? what? Yeah. yeah. So um, I agree. And that's the time and jumps like, and oh, it is disorienting. Oh, it's his daughter. But like, I yeah. don't think he refers to her as Willow. Nope at that point when she's grown up so you don't necessarily mm-hmm. know it's her because she's not identified um, and why would he though there's literally no yeah. one else right right um so it's a weird it's a very strange movie i let's move on to recommendations uh we've talked a lot about it there is so much to unpack it is clearly a character driven and i would for an art house film it's a logical art house film but it's still an art house film in that i think the interpretation is so broad and so wide that you could write a book on it and still have entirely different takes that could be just as substantiated um i personally like this movie I, mandy said it really well you said you didn't like the experience of this movie this movie is one of those that is an experience um it is yeah. not a pleasurable film to watch uh but i do find it highly interesting to talk about um it feels like a book of literature rather than a commercial novel um and i liked it I don't know that I liked all the choices. I certainly didn't like the choice of the weird train exposition scene, which is very brief, but very out of place for me. Um, but I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing Andre 3000 of Outcast fame as in a straight role uh, where no music is referenced. He does quite a good job, very much an Ernie Hudson moment for him. Uh, oh, I enjoyed this. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed this movie as an experience, I will say. It is not fun to watch. It's uncomfortable. Um, but I think, for example, as I mentioned earlier, people who like David Cronenberg's more avant-garde, less effect-heavy movies, such as Crimes of the Future, give this one a shot. I think that it, it's it's worth a watch in that way. If If what you heard about long stretches of silence and foreboding and unclear, un- unclear resolution... Uh, turn you off you probably there I don't see any hope for you enjoying this movie it's a very much you make yourself watch this movie you don't watch it because you're engaged from scene to scene you make yourself watch this movie uh, so with that caveat I will recommend it to those who who are interested in that Mandy do you recommend High Life 2018 if so why and to who I was gonna say like a flat out no but you make a good point having this discussion was great. (laughs) I like having (laughs) these kind of intellectual discussions where you can hear other people's perspectives, what they took away from the content and like different life views and and what we think was going on and like why the movie was made the way it was. Like that, I enjoy a lot. This movie, not at all. Like, um... (laughs) And, yeah and like i guess there are other movies like i'm not sure i'm gonna think about this movie like after mm. this like not there are, like the themes or whatever there are other very disturbing movies like house of sand and fog that mm. i do think about a lot still like i have i think i saw that movie like over 10 years ago uh and i still think about it and it was deeply disturbing and i never want to watch it again because it was uh, a very difficult experience. Another one where I had to stop watching it in the middle and then go back to it. 
the the author of the novel it is based on andrew dubois actually uh gave me a hug while inebriated once and said uh and said love you man uh and i had known him for about about 10 minutes um but he was he was very nice uh anyway just a (laughs) amazing but yeah so like like that one i would be like yeah absolutely sit down watch that film be uncomfortable take some breaks and have like a buddy to talk to about it like afterwards like this one like sure i guess if you got some friends that like you want to have a deep discussion about it later like we just did but i mean you just listen to us so i'm not sure there's much it feels like a college class right (laughs) it feels like a college class uh, like but the yeah. book you had to read and then you're like what the heck and then you get to class and you're like i'm ex- it's almost like the batman whereas mm-hmm. i was so full of reactions that i had to just dump on all of you uh yes. for for i think an hour and a half on that podcast mm-hmm. episode go back and listen to a review of the batman yeah. uh anyway Jeff. anyway so yeah <laughs> sorry no okay, so i'm in fair. summary no no <laughs> <laughs> uh all right i'll i'll let claire dennis know jeffrey would you recommend this movie, High Life 2018? If so, if so why to who? Uh, I'm going to go with a strict no, uh, just, you know, because that's that's my uh, my experience. Um, I do I do kind of agree with, like, you know, it is an interesting thing to talk about, but not so interesting that I would um, give this a suggestion, especially since you just listened to us talk about it. You're, you're done. You don't, you don't need, you need to go and actually watch it. Um, but I think it just, it fails on like, you know, these type of just meandering movies that are just about characters. Like I do actually love that type of, um, uh, you know, film or, you know, more typically no, you in, uh, anthology style, um, mm. where it's really just like a character study. There's not a beginning and middle end. It's just, it just is. Um, and this, this kind of is a just is, but for those types of things, usually the world they're creating is really interesting. Like, um, you know, you, you have, or, you know, like, like black mirrors, like just like a bunch of people being experimented on in that. Uh, but the experiments are really interesting. Well, that's, that's like, the, that's again, that's not a character driven though, then, right. Because you're talking about a device that is I'm, used outside I, well, of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm listing things, right. So like, in in this case, the world is not very interesting, in my opinion. Uh, mm. Like the like the mechanisms, be, because like the experiment's not interesting, be, based on what I said before. It's not really an experiment. Like it's it's like or we don't know the experiment. It's, it's not the focus of the movie. Nonsensical. Yeah, I mean it's it's just nonsensical. Like it's they're not like they're not like trying to like mine some sort of clear piece of information that makes sense. Um. I think and, they could be, but we've talked about that. I will just agree, disagree on that. Fair. <laughs> I, I think like for for you to make it seem interesting, you have to you have to actually kind of derive that in this thing. And then I don't think the characters were that interesting for it to be like purely character driven. Like I don't, I didn't find like characters going through arcs or uh, really, you know, nobody like faced like this terrible thing inside themselves that then they grew. You know, there's like nothing. Yeah. Nothing that would be a plot anything like that yeah, yeah. and the, whereas character driven may not have a plot i will argue that from a literary yeah. perspective so but i do agree with you and i always jump jeff i always jump on you because we're you're it's why we're awesome together because you're the engineer who thinks very completely yeah, about yeah, things yeah uh it, it the characters are not likable 
Yeah, so, I, I, like, I don't think they're interesting. Like, not even, yeah, like, likable aside. It's I like, don't think they're that interesting. Like, I love Michael Sarah, and he himself, to me, is is likable enough that it creates an element of interest. I'm curious to see what yeah. he does with his day. People in this world are... We're, we're literally beat over the head with the fact that they're pretty much unlikable from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and... And I think that's telling when you, because you mentioned, you, you refer to them as criminals. But I mean, you can like, you can have like a villain, right? That's like the most interesting character in the thing. Like, you know sure. what I mean? Like there's something, you, there's something that you can bring to the character that makes them interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like their point of view, their, like how they see the world, like how mm-hmm. they interact with the world. All these things can be interesting. Uh, in mm-hmm. this case, it was just like, just they, they, none, none of them rose to the level of being interesting to me. Um, Fair. Yeah, I think a good example of a mainstream character-driven film, and it, like you know, I know we're calling this mainstream, but an even more mainstream was probably um, the Joker with or Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Right? There's no, yeah, he becomes the Joker, I guess, and he ends up in Arkham Asylum. It there is no real plot, right? Other like he just he just he breaks he gets fired and he reaches a breaking point and kills some people and pe- and a revolution starts around him accidentally and that's character driven in that we spend a great deal of time watching him mope around right and him act and this is very similar in that way in that robert pattinson is what we spend our time with um i very few scenes involve don't involve him directly from the get go and in that case, much like the Joker, it is a great acting, um, like, reference card, right? Like, yeah. it's a great business card for how well you act. Let me show it you every way I can it, mug. Exactly. It doesn't <laughs> necessarily always make for a compelling view. <laughs> yeah. uh, fair. I, I totally I totally agree. And here's the thing about, guys, listeners, High Life 2018 and Silent Running from 1972, which we will talk about next episode, and our plants in space, 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 space pairing, are so similar in so many ways. They're not the same movie, but they are so similar. But where they diverge is actually really interesting. So I cannot wait to get there. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate us all the stars wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us, like, subscribe, all that jazz. Go to cultandclassicfilms.com and register for our forthcoming newsletter. We have big stuff uh, that you'll want to know about and get your hands on. So sign up there. And to play us out, as always, is The Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.